ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر امور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد بأكثر الله سبحانه وتعالى he bless everyone who was involved in this sister cyber seminar everyone who has helped to arrange it those brothers those noble brothers and colleagues of mine who are speakers therein and all those who have come out to listen and to gain benefit before we start this topic i want to just remind our sisters to please have with you and on your person a pen and a paper so that you may take notes of the fawaid and do not rely upon an anticipated recording because as we know sometimes technical things happen and we lose recordings so take benefit bismillah ta'ala and if allah ta'ala gives us tawfiq to have a recording then this is good upon good and you can rectify your notes and so on and so forth beyond a shadow of a doubt every muslim it is required upon them that they seek knowledge and that knowledge it has a superiority in the deen of al-islam 
And for the holder of knowledge, there is a high status. And this is an encouragement or should be an encouragement for myself and then for all those who are hearing my voice to strive to seek knowledge, to strive hard to seek knowledge and to be patient upon the path of seeking knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his noble book, he says, يَرْفِعِ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْكُمْ and this can be found in Surah Al-Mujadala. And it's verse 11. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, Allah has risen up those who believe from amongst you, and He has risen above them the, the owners of knowledge in levels. He has risen above them, the owners of knowledge, in levels. So this here is an indication showing us the superiority of knowledge and of the people of knowledge. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has risen the believers, and over the believers He has risen those ones who are possessors of knowledge. And this is something in which we should aspire for ourselves and for our families. This is that which we should aspire for ourselves and our families and our loved ones. That they are those who are risen high in their rank. And to be risen high in their rank, it is not due to lineage. It is not due to place of origin. It is not due to one's mother's tongue. It is not due to the texture of one's hair or the complexion of one's skin. But rather you will find it will be by way of knowledge in a person's adherence to the knowledge. And when we say knowledge, as the Fadilat al-Shaykh, Shaykh Sadiq Hassan Khan, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, he mentions that when we say knowledge and we leave it unrestricted, we leave it open like this, then what is intended is ilm al-shari'i. What is intended is the legislative knowledge. What is intended is legislative knowledge, knowledge of the deen of al-Islam. And any other reference to knowledge, and it has to be connected to something else, like ilm al-tib, like the knowledge of medicine, uh, so on and so forth. But when we say ilm, and we leave it like that, then what is intended by it is the knowledge of the deen. The knowledge of the deen. And it's that which will raise one's rank. The knowledge of the deen. And this is something which we should aspire for. Because there is no one who aspires to be lowly. There is no one who he is trying to become despicable and lowly, but rather everyone, they like to be high. They like to have a good status. And for one to have a high and good status in standing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that will be by way of knowledge and by way of implementation of that knowledge. So it is incumbent that we strive to learn. Allah ta'ala, he says, قُلْ هَلْ يَسْتِوِ الَّذِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ As can be found in Surah Az-Zumar and as verse number 9. Allah Ta'ala, He says what means, And are they equal, those who know and those who do not know? Of course the answer is no, they are not equal. Those who know and those who do not know, they are not equal. Why? 
Because we know from the adilla, we know from the proofs and evidences that those who know, they are superior to those who do not know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ الْعُلَمَاءِ That verily those who truly fear, or that the only ones, verily the only ones, who truly fear Allah from His slaves, then they are the ulama. And this can be found in Surah Fatir, in his verse 28. So we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this ayah, He is informing us that the only ones who truly fear Allah ta'ala from His slaves, and they are who? They are the ulama. They are the ones who truly fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the ulama. These are the ones who have been Described by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala A being of those who truly fear Him Those who have taqwa Those who are the ones who are the possessors of taqwa And they are those who have a fear A knowledge based fear From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala They have a knowledge based fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And once we have come to know That the Jannah is promise for those who have taqwa, for those who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they have taqwa, then this should be an encouragement for us to seek to learn and to strive with our utmost to learn about the deen. When we hear the likes of the ayat from Allah ta'ala where he says, mafaza," That verily, those who have taqwa, those who have true fear and reverence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then for them will be mafaza. For them there will be this great reward. For them there will be the Jannah. Naam. This is for who? This is for those who have a fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah ta'ala, He's informing us, or He informs us here in this ayah from Surah Fatir, that verily the ones who truly fear Him from His slaves, and they are the ulama. So this should be an encouragement for us to strive to learn, to strive to learn, and to be patient upon learning, and to strive with our earnest to learn. So I encourage my sisters, like I encourage myself, to strive to learn. Try your hardest to learn. Strive to be from the students of knowledge. Be from those who benefit themselves by way of their time, by constantly keeping busy with good. And this is what you will find is the case of the student of knowledge, the one who's seeking knowledge properly, is that he goes from one good to another good. He goes from, for example, memorizing the Qur'an and reflecting upon the meanings of the Qur'an. And this is good, and no one will dispute this. This is good. And you will find he will go from memorization of the Qur'an to reviewing those things in which he had memorized from before, reading the Qur'an, reflecting upon it. And this also is good. You will find that he will move on from this portion of the day that has been allocated for Qur'an, and he will move on to memorizing and studying and reviewing the ahadith of the Prophet wasallam. And bila shak wa bila raib, this is something that is good. And you will find that they will go on 
from this allocated time to another time where they'll be studying from the fiqh, studying the Islamic jurisprudence, knowing how to perform certain actions, knowing what to do and learning what not to do, and so on and so forth. And this is bila shak wa bila This is good. And you will find that from another time, from their day, they will move on to reading from the biography of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Reading about the one that we love, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Learning about his life, learning how he used to interact with his family, learning how he used to interact with the companions, learning how he used to interact uh, with the polytheists, learning how he used to interact with the people of the book, learning what he used to do and how he used to be, learning his sunnah, and this is good. Bila shakku, bila raib. Then it may be other portions of our day that we may be going over some biographies of the Salaf, some of the Sahaba, some of the Tabi'un, some of the Atba Tabi'een, some of the Imams of the Salaf. And of course, this is good. This is good. And then maybe learning the rules and regulations and the Qawaid of the Deen of Al-Islam. And this is good. And so on and so forth. And then it may be them giving a good word because of what they have learned and sharing it with others. Naam, and this also is good. So you'll find that the student of knowledge, when they're seeking the knowledge and, and, and utilizing it yani, in their lives, and they're implementing what they're learning, and so on and so forth, then it leads to good. A person, he learns, for example, the ahadith about Salatul Duha, huh? and then he, he, he implements it by praying Salatul Duha. So you'll find that it is good, that is linked upon good, that is linked upon good, that is linked upon good, and it allows the individual to utilize his time in a very beneficial way. So when we look at it from this standpoint, then we realize and we start to see also the superiority of knowledge and how this is something we should want for ourselves and we should want for our children, we should want uh, for our friends and so on and so forth. And those whom we love and have a concern for, we should want for them to be of students of knowledge. Because you find that inside of seeking the beneficial knowledge, then it is all good because it would help a person or it would enable a person, rather more correctly, it would enable a person to bring forth the righteous good deeds like they should be brought forth. Allah Ta'ala, He says in Surah Taha, and this is in verse 114, Allah Ta'ala, He says, And say, and you say, O Muhammad, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, He is commanding the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he is commanding him and say, My Lord, increase me in knowledge. And say, My Lord, increase me in knowledge. وَقَالَ الْحَافِظِ ibn Hajar رَحِمُهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى رَحْمَةً وَاسِعًا He says, وَهَذَا وَاضِحَ الدَّلَالَةِ فِي فَضْلِ الْعِلْمِ He said, and this is a clear proof which points to the superiority of knowledge. لأن الله لم يأمر نبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم بالطلب الإزدياد من شيء إلا من العلم. He said because Allah He did not command His Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم to ask for the increasement of anything except for knowledge. لأن الله لم يأمر نبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم بالطلب الإزدياد من شيء إلا من العلم. And in that, that, this is something that is tremendous now. 
Because we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He loves the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So will you listen and you reflect upon the command in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has given the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in that He commanded him to ask for the increasement in knowledge. Then we know that in knowledge is something uh, it, there is special, something that is good and precious that's, that, that can't be found in other than it. Because you don't find, as the ulama they mentioned, you don't find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the Prophet ﷺ to ask for the increasement in women, nor to ask for the increasement uh, in money, nor to ask for the increasement in children, and so on and so forth. But rather Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the Prophet ﷺ to ask for the increasement in knowledge. So there it points us clear to the superiority of knowledge. Imam Ibn Hajar he goes on and he says, and for this, for this reason, فَقَسَّمَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ الْمَجَالِسَ الَّتِي يَتَعَلِّمُ فِيهَا الْعِلْمِ النَّافِعِ بِالْرِيَاضُ الْجَنَّةِ He said, and for this reason, you find that the Prophet وسلم, he used to call those sittings where therein there is learned beneficial knowledge as gardens from Jannah. As gardens from Jannah. نعم. وَأَخْبَرَ أَنَّ الْعُلَمَاءَ هُمُ الْوَرْثَةُ الْأَنْبِيَاءَ and he also informed us that the ulama, they are the inheritors of the prophets. That the ulama, they are the inheritors of the prophets. But one reflects upon this, yani, is there anything better that they can be doing with their time than seeking knowledge and implementing knowledge? And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, yani, fi hadith al-Anas ibn Malik, fi man rawahu ibn Majah, in the hadith of Anas ibn Malik, in that which has been Collected by Imam Ibn Majah. Qala Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Talibu al-ilm furida ala kulli muslim. The Prophet sallallahu he said that seeking knowledge is obligatory upon every Muslim. Seeking knowledge is obligatory upon every Muslim. And then it comes a narration and it says, wa muslima. And also, the female Muslims. Meaning, that seeking knowledge is obligatory upon every male and female Muslim. However, Al-Imam Al-Alnama Muhammad Al-Nasuddin Al-Albani Rahimullah Ta'ala, he mentions that this this addition, wa muslima, that it is da'if. This addition, wa muslima, it is da'if. It is da'if sanadan wa ma'nan. It is da'if inside of his chain. And it's da'if inside of his meaning. A person may say, well, why? Why is it da'if in the meaning for every male and female Muslim? Why? And this is because as the Imam, rahimahullah ta'ala, he goes on to explain, is that by saying Muslim, then this encompasses all of the believers, both male and females. It encompasses all of the believers, both male and females. It's not just meant to uh, be something restricted to the males only. But by saying Muslim, then it points to all of the Muslims, the general body of the Muslims, both male and female. So there's no need to bring this phrase, Muslima, because this will be yani, to, to reiterate something which is already understood and has been articulated. So therefore, from this standpoint, the meaning it doesn't hold because there's no need to reiterate this because it's already been covered in Muslim. So by saying Muslim, then it means both male and female Muslims. So therein you find the Prophet ﷺ, he's, made, he's saying that it is wajib, it is obligatory upon all the Muslims, be they male or be they female, to seek knowledge. This is a command from the Prophet ﷺ that we have to seek the knowledge. It's obligatory 
upon each and every one of us, male and female, to seek knowledge. A person, he may come and he say, but why? why? Why is that? Why do we have to seek knowledge? How come I just can't go to school and be a doctor and study medicine and that's it? How come I just can't go to school and study mathematics or geology or yani, uh, foreign studies or whatever the case may be? How come I just can't go and do this? And the reason is very simple. As the Alama Sheikh Salih Fawzan, he mentions much. How can you believe in something that you're ignorant about? Naam. How can you establish and practice something in which you're ignorant about? Ah. The answer is quite clear. You can't. You can't believe in something in which you're ignorant about, nor can you practice something in which you're ignorant about. So because it is incumbent upon each and every one of us to study and to yani, each upon every one of us to practice Islam and believe correctly, then we have to what? We have to know. We have to know what is proper belief so we can believe in it. We have to know how to properly believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to know how to properly believe in His angels. We have to know how to properly believe in His books, how to properly believe in His messengers, how to properly believe in the Day of Judgment, how to properly believe in Qadr Khayrihi wa Sharri. We have to know how to properly believe. We have to know how to establish uh, the prayer we have to know how to fast Ramadan, how to pay zakah. We have to know the monastic al-hajj, so on and so forth. We have to know these things inside and out. There's no way around that. We have to know it. In order to do it, we have to know it. So therefore, seeking knowledge is obligatory upon every, every Muslim. So I encourage my brothers and I encourage my sisters to seek knowledge. And to strive hard and to seek and the seeking of knowledge. Specifically, sisters, after learning and studying the Aqidah, after learning and studying the Minhaj, or in addition to, because I don't want my words to be misunderstood into saying that you study the Aqidah, the Minhaj only. And you neglect everything else until you have done. No, 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 no. But I, what I mean is that that the emphasis now is placed upon the tawheed. Naam. But at the same time, you have to learn those things that are particular to you. From the salah, from the psalm, and so on and so forth. Naam. Let us look to the hadith in which the Prophet Sallallahu he has mentioned, where he said, إِذَا صَلَّتْ الْمَرْأَةُ خَمْسَهَا وَصَامَتْ شَهْرَهَا وَحَفِذَتْ فَرُجَهَا وَأَطَاعَتْ زَوْجَهَا قِيلَ لَهَا أُدْخِلِ الْجَنَّةِ مِنْ أَيِّ أَبَوَابِ الْجَنَّةِ شِئْتِ With the Prophet ﷺ, he said in his hadith, it is Hassan Sahih. It's been collected by Imam Ahmad, Shaykh Al-Bani, he mentioned it in Adab Al-Zafaf, uh, and the like. Where the Prophet ﷺ, he said what means, if a woman were to pray her five, and she were to fast her month, meaning the month of Ramadan, and she were to safeguard her private parts. And if she were to obey her husband, then it will be said to her, enter into Jannah from any door of Jannah that you want. Enter into Jannah from any door of Jannah that you want. This, my sisters, is tremendous. This is a bounty in which Allah Ta'ala, He has yani, bestowed upon the women. So be thankful of this bounty. By what? 
by implementing that which the Prophet ﷺ, he has commanded you to implement here. In that the establishment of her prayer and, and, and fasting, her month, and so on and so forth. The shahid is that in order for her to implement this hadith by the praying of her five and so on and so forth, then she has to learn how to pray. Because the Prophet ﷺ says, Pray as you see me praying. So in order for her to implement this hadith, she has to do what? She has to learn. She has to seek knowledge. She has to learn how to pray. Naam. Also, you find the Prophet ﷺ, he said, And she has to fast her month. She has to fast her month. So therefore, those sisters have to learn the ahkam al-siyam. Those rules and regulations about fasting that are particular to fasting. And this is the only way that she's going to be able to implement this hadith is that she has to learn. So when one looks upon this, then he realizes that learning <coughs> is not an option. But we have to learn. Not learning is not acceptable. It's not acceptable not to learn. But we have to learn. Naam, we have to learn. Because as Sheikh Saleh Abdaziz al-Sheikh, he mentions that being ignorant about something is not blameworthy. A person being ignorant about a thing, that's not blameworthy. He said, but rather a person remaining ignorant, that's blameworthy. A person knowing he don't know about something and then remaining upon that, okay, now that's where the blame goes now. That's blameworthy. Now, so right now today, we don't know all the ahkam of the prayer and how to pray and so on and so forth. Then we have to what? Learn. We have to begin to learn. And alhamd, you have Sufu Salatul Nabi, the Prophet's prayer described by Imam Al-Bani, that's been translated inside of the English language, which would make this easy. Alhamdulillah. So now let us take to reading this book. Let us take to studying this book and so on and so forth. So we learn how to pray. Because not knowing how to pray today, right? And acknowledging that and knowing that, and then now next week comes and you still don't know how to pray. And the next week comes after that and you still don't know how to pray. Until four weeks have passed and a month has passed and you still don't know how to pray. That's blameworthy. That's blameworthy. Now, likewise about the fasting. If a sister doesn't know all about the ahkam of fasting, those things that are particular to the women with regards to the fasting and the like, if she don't know that right now, then we're not going to blame her for this. But if she knows that she needs to know, and she continues now. So now Ramadan comes, she still don't know. That's blameworthy. Because she knows she needs to know. So she has to study. She has to study. Because seeking knowledge and gaining understanding of the religion, this is a great sign. As it comes for Sahihain, من حديث Muawiyah, He said, I heard the Messenger of Allah be saying, that whoever Allah wants good for, He gives him understanding of the religion. Imam Sa'ani and others from the ulama, from them, I, I heard Shaykh Ubayd, Ta'ala, mentioned the same, and others from the ulama. We understand from this hadith the opposite. Naam, that we understand from this hadith also the opposite. Because the hadith it says, Whoever Allah wants good for, He gives him understanding of the religion. That whoever Allah wants good for, He gives him understanding of the religion. So an individual having understanding of the religion is a sign that Allah wants good for that individual. Naam. But we understand also the opposite. And that is, مَن لَا يُرِدِ اللَّهُ بِهِ خَيْرًا لَا يُفَقِّهُ فِي الدِّينِ 
that whoever Allah does not want good for, he does not give him understanding of the religion. Naam. That for the one whom Allah Ta'ala, he does not want good for, he does not give him understanding of the religion. So not having understanding of religion, being devoid of understanding of the religion, then this is an indication, this is a sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want good for that individual. Naam. This is a sign that Allah Ta'ala, he does not want good for that individual. Why is this? It is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has made uh, understanding the religion or he has made understanding aspects of the religion easy. Naam. There are certain aspects of the religion that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has made easy to be understood. The salah, for example, it's easy for a person to understand the proper way of praying. This is not something that is difficult to understand, but everyone has the ability to understand it. So if a person goes by years upon years upon years and they don't know how to pray, it's because what? It's because they put forth no effort. Because they didn't try to learn. They didn't try to learn. Naam. So therefore you find that what? This is, the person doesn't want any good for themselves. Allah does not want any good for them. Allah Ta'ala says in this noble book, وَلَقَدَ يَسَّرُنَا الْقُرْآنَ لِلذِّكْرِ فَهَلْ مِنْ مُدَّكِرِ Allah Ta'ala, He says, And verily we have made the Qur'an easy to be understood, easy to be remembered, easy to be studied, and so on and so forth. Is there any that will study it? Allah Ta'ala is telling us in this ayah, He has made the Qur'an that which is easy. For a person to learn it, to understand it, and so on and so forth. But you have to do what? You have to put forth effort. Because the Qur'an is precious. And anything that is worth having, you have to work hard at it. Now, the Qur'an is precious. It's not going to jump inside your head. You have to work hard. You have to be diligent in seeking after it. You have to work hard. You have to be diligent in doing marajah. And, and, and to yani, uh, revising what you've memorized. You have to work hard. You have to be diligent. And, and reading through the books of tafsir and so on and so forth. Now, and for the non-Arab, you have to be hard and you have to be diligent and doing uh, and, and, and acquiring those knowledges that are needed that will help you into studying it. For example, the Arabic language. Now, the Arabic language, because the Arabic language you find, it is a wasila. It is that which will connect you. It is not a ghaya. It is not a, uh, uh, what do you say? It is, it is, it is not the goal. It is not the goal, but it is that which will help you into understanding the book in the sunnah. As the ulama, they say, If it wasn't for the book in the sunnah, I wouldn't learn Arabic. Huh? If it was not for the book in the sunnah, I would not learn Arabic. And you find this is the case. That if, if, if it wasn't for the book in the sunnah, who want to learn Arabic? For what? What would be the benefit? Naam. But because the book is inside of the Arabic language, because... The hadith of the Prophet ﷺ is in the Arabic language because the, the Salaf, the Sahaba, and, 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 and those who followed them in Khayr, they spoke Arabic, and you find the Qutb al-Ilm, the Lugut al-Arabiyyah, inside the Arabic language, and what? And then it behooves us to what? To learn the Arabic language. So all this will enter also into that, that we have to learn. Naam? Ala kulli hal. This here is an indication which shows us again the importance of seeking knowledge. Is that. It is a sign when one he seeks the knowledge and he has understanding of the deen, then this is a sign what that Allah Ta'ala he wants good for that individual. Well, the hadith Abi Huraira, Radiallahu and inside the hadith of Abu Huraira, Radiallahu Muslim, and that which is narrated or that which is collected by Imam Muslim, 
أن الرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال that verily the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he said من سلك طريقا يلتمس فيه علما سهل الله له طريقا إلى الجنة that whoever takes a path seeking therein knowledge then Allah will make easy for him the path to Jannah is there anyone who is hearing my voice except that he wants to go to the Jannah is any sister hearing my voice right now except that she want to go to Jannah everyone wants to go to the Jannah Naam. and the Prophet ﷺ, he's informing us that for the one who takes a path in order to seek knowledge therein then Allah will make easy for them the path to Al-Jannah, the path to Jannah. This is something that is tremendous. So we find that for the seekers of knowledge, that the path of Jannah will be made easy for them. That the path of Jannah will be made easy for them. Naam. But one understands and he reflects upon this now. Who will be the parent that can claim any type of sanity that would discourage their children from seeking al-mushari. I want to ask you that question one more time. When we have understood this hadith, what will be the sanity for any parent who will prevent their children from learning al-shari? Could they claim any type of sanity? Then of course the answer will be no. They couldn't claim any portion of sanity that they're discouraging their children from that which if they were to take it and be serious uh, have an ikhlas for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that what Allah ta'ala He will make easy for them the path to Jannah. He will make easy for them the path to Jannah. Sisters, we have to get out of this mentality of the preparation for leaving the house. A lot of times the parents, they get so caught up on preparing their children for when they eventually will leave the house and go out into the world and so on and so forth that they lose sight on the goal. They lose sight on the goal. And the ultimate goal is what? Is preparing them for the Jannah. Preparing them to go to the Jannah. Naam. Preparing them for when they meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Preparing them for that. Preparing them for when they're going to be dead inside their grave. Preparing for that so that they can pass the test, inshallah ta'ala. So they can pass the test, inshallah ta'ala. Naam, that's what we have to be preparing our children for. Not just so they can go out and have a good job and be able to buy their own groceries and so on and so forth. Yeah, naam, this has its place, but the reality is that these things, they stop at the grave. These things stop. But life don't stop there. We'll be resurrected. Naam, yes, we'll be brought back huh, to life. We'll be judged Yomul Qiyamah for what we have done. Naam. And then it'll be forever in the Jannah or forever in the Nar. So the parent, the truly good parent, is the parent that what he helps rear their children and she helps rear her children uh, in preparation for their true life. Preparation for their true life. Naam. And this would be what made easy for them if they what seek knowledge. Seek knowledge. Naam. So it is a company is a must. That we encourage our children to seek knowledge. It is a comment. If your children are there now, especially the girls, as this 
seminars, particularly for the women, call them into the room with you. Have them sit down. Have them bring their own pad and pieces of paper. If they don't have a pad and piece of paper and a pen, then share with them your pad and your pen. Give them a piece of paper and give them a pen. Encourage them to sit down to study. If you don't have that, then encourage them to sit down and to learn the mannerisms of how to sit uh, without fidgeting, how to sit and listen uh, to, the, to, to the reminder as it comes. Huh? Sit them down so that they may, they may benefit, inshallah. Don't leave them to prance about and the like, but rather bring them close to you. Bring them close to you. Make sure that they're listening. Make sure that they're writing. And then ask them questions, inshallah, and test what they have learned upon the completion of the classes and so on and so forth. Ma'am? Because verily, this is from what it is to be a good parent. This is from what it is to be a good parent. If you want to look and see the superiority of the people of knowledge, let us look to the ayah as it comes in Surah Ali Imran in his verse 18. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, شَهِدَ اللَّهُ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّهُ وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ وَأُولُ الْعِلْمِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says what means, and Allah bear witness that nothing has the right to worship in truth except for Him. Likewise, the angels, they bear witness to this. And who? Those who are possessors of knowledge, the scholars. The scholars. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in this ayah, from all of mankind, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions who? The ulama, the ulama, out of all of mankind, with their various professions and trades and, you know, so on and so forth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions who? The ulama, the ulama, those who have ilm, those who have knowledge. So this here is enough to show us the superiority of the scholars. This here shows us the superiority of the scholars. And, and uh, scholarship is not restricted to men. Some people, they may think that unknowingly. Some people, they may think that only a, woman, that only a man could be an alim. That a woman, she can't be a scholar. Only a man could be a scholar. This is not correct. One of the greatest scholars in Islam, one of the greatest scholars... One of the greatest scholars in Islam was our mother, Aisha, radiyallahu ta'ala anha. One of the greatest scholars that this ummah has ever seen. And she was who? A woman, our mother, Aisha, radiyallahu ta'ala anha. So therein is enough for us to know that a woman could be a scholar. But in order for such, she will have to do what? She will have to put forth work. She will have to work hard. She will have to study. Shaykh Ali Abdul Rahman, he mentioned that Shaykh Al-Bani, in his days when he was studying inside of the library there in Damascus, or Dimashq, that he wrote, Imam Al-Bani, he wrote with his own hands, when I mean his own hands, I mean inside his handwriting. With his own hand, pen to paper. He wrote 40 volumes. 40 volumes. Now, for those who are familiar with a volume of a book, he knows how big a volume is. 
We're not talking like a little leaflet. We're not talking about a soft cover book. We're talking about a volume, a very big book. Sheikh Al-Bari with his own hand, when he was studying, huh? he wrote 40 volumes, rahimahullahu ta'ala. 40 volumes in his handwriting, his own handwriting. 40 volumes. 40 volumes. Naam, it requires work. You're not going to write 40 volumes leisurely in the afternoon while you're sipping on some tea and, and lemonade. It doesn't work like that. But it requires what? It requires time. It requires effort. It requires that you put forth a great effort. Naam, if you put forth that effort, then there is no glass ceiling. There's no glass ceiling for the sisters. If you put forth that effort, naam, you can reach what can be reached with the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as it comes, and Abu Umama radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, قال, that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, فَضُّ alim عَلَى abid كَفَضْلِي عَلَى أَدَنَاكُمْ The Prophet ﷺ, he said that the superiority of the scholar over the worshipper is like my superiority over the least from amongst you. The ulama, they say that those who are being addressed and spoken to with a sahaba, naam, that my superiority over the least from amongst you, meaning from the sahaba. Ala kulli hal, when we look at the sahaba, like anyone from mankind, when you compare them to the Prophet ﷺ, then there's, what? there's no comparison. No comparison. So therefore we understand that, that the superiority for the alim to the abid, there's what? There's no comparison. There's no comparison for the worshipper, huh? Even having the ability to, to, to come near the status of the of who? Of the alim, of the scholar. So this shows us what the superiority, naam, the superiority of what? Of knowledge. Then the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said. إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَمَلَائِكَتَهُ وَأَهْلُ السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ حَتَّى النَّمْلَةِ فِي جُهْرِهَا استمعوا حَتَّى النَّمْلَةِ فِي جُهْرِهَا وَحَتَّى الْحُوتِ لَيُصَلُّونَ عَلَى مُعَلِّمِ النَّاسِ الْخَيْرِ The Prophet ﷺ goes on and he says And verily Allah and his angels and the occupants of the heavens and the earth even until the ant inside of its yani hole even the ant inside of his hole and also the fish inside of the sea they yusalluna ala they make the salah upon the mu'allim al-nas al-khayr. They make the salah upon the one who teaches the people good. It is important for us to know and to take a side point here that what is meant by the salah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is as Abu Aliya Rahimullah Ta'ala he mentions Thana'uhu alayhi thamal al-a'la it means that Allah he mentions them in a good way to those angels who are high this is what it means so you will find that for the alim he is eligible to receive this that Allah Ta'ala mentions him 
with those angels that are high. With those angels that are high. Naam. This is something that is tremendous now. This is something that is tremendous. Who wouldn't want this for themselves and for those who they love? And also what is meant by the salat. Yani, usallat alayhi al-mala'ika. The salat of the mala'ika. What does this mean? It means, yani, astaghfirat lahu. That they ask for forgiveness for him. That the angels, they ask for forgiveness for him. For who? For the alim. For the alim. For the scholar. Naam, they ask for forgiveness for who? For the scholar. وَصَلَّ عَلَيْهِ مَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَفِي السَّمَاوَاتِ And those who are in the earth and those who are in the heavens, they also make a salah for him. What does that mean? اَيْ دَعَ لَهُ وَيَسْتَغْفِرُونَ لَهُ It means that they make dua for him and they ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive him. They make dua for him and they ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to forgive him. Who will this be for now? The one who will receive this. Would it be for the OBGYN? Would it be for the RN? Would it be for the doctor? Huh? No. It's for the scholar. It's for the scholar. So we should be encouraging, we should be encouraging our children and our daughters from amongst them to strive to be scholars, to strive to be scholars. This don't mean you can't do anything else. No, we're not saying that. You could be OBGYN. You could be a nurse. You could be a teacher. You could be a scientist. Yeah? But this doesn't prevent you from what? From seeking knowledge. And Mushari doesn't prevent you. Huh? Doesn't prevent you. Alakulla. Wa an Abi Darda Radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Qal Sami'atu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul. On the authority of Abu Darda Radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, Man salaka tariqan. يَبْتَغِي فِيهِ عِلْمًا سَهَلَ اللَّهُ لَهُ طَرِيقًا إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ That whoever treads upon a path, or he takes a path, and he seeks therein knowledge, then Allah will make easy for him the way to al-jannah. Allah will make easy for him the way to jannah. And this is similar to what has come in the hadith of Abu Hurairah, رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَى عَنْهُ عَلَى كُلٍ It goes on to say, وَإِنَّ الْمَلَائِكَ لا تذعوا أجنحتها للطالب العلم رضا بما يصنع and that the angels they lower their wings for the student of knowledge because they are pleased with what they're doing they lower their wings for the student of knowledge because they're pleased for what they're doing tell me now think about this now is this not is this not يعني something that shows the superiority of knowledge and the seekers of knowledge and the nobility that the angels lower their wings to them? Huh? That the angels lower their wings to them? Who within their right mind wouldn't want the likes of this? Who in their right mind wouldn't want to be honored by this? And the reason is why. Why are they lowering their wings to the student of knowledge? Because he says he's probably able to end. Huh? Why are they lowering their wings to the student of knowledge? Why? Real one, we may snap. Because they're happy with what he's doing. They're happy with what he's doing. So the soul says that what he's doing is what? Is khair. It's good. It's good what he's doing. Naam. Wa inna al-alam. The Prophet goes on to say, Wa inna al-alam. La yastaghfiru lahu man fi al-samawati wa man fi al-arub. 
The Prophet goes on and he says, and verily, for the scholar, those who are in the heavens and those who are in the earth, even the fish inside of the water, they ask Allah to forgive him. Even the fish inside the water asks Allah to forgive him. Is anybody hearing my voice right now? They ain't never do no sin? Huh? Anybody hearing my voice? Ain't never did no sin no before? Exactly. We all need for Allah what to forgive us. We all are in need that Allah Ta'ala forgive us. So now contemplate this now. For us sinners. For us sinners. Naam. That for the alim, those who are in the heavens, those who are in the earth, even the fish in the sea asks Allah to forgive them. The Prophet Sallallahu goes on and he says, وَفَضُّ الْعَالِمْ عَلَى الْعَابِدِ كَفَضُّ الْقَمَرِ عَلَى سَائِرِ الْكَوَاكِبِ And that the superiority of the scholar over the worshipper is like the superiority of the moon over the rest of the stars. When somebody look inside the, 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 the sky at nighttime, is there ever a case that one of the stars outshine the moon? Huh? Do you ever say, I can't see the moon, that star right there too bright? No, this does not happen. You see? Because with regards to this, well, the moon is superior. The moon is superior. And likewise is the example of the scholar over the, over the Abid. Naam. So you find the one who's Abid, he'll never outshine a scholar. He'll never outshine a scholar. Just like that star, huh, will never outshine the moon. The Prophet Sallallahu goes on and he says, And verily, that the, verily the ulama, they are the inheritors of the prophets. That the ulama, they are the ones who inherit from, a, from, from the prophets. Naam. This is something that is tremendous. If a person, he was yani, uh, someone of nobility, right? Uh, he was a, yani, a, a king or head of state or something like this, and somebody inherited from them, they would think they were a big deal. This guy inherited from the king of this thing. This guy inherited from the head of state from over here. This guy inherited from uh, this big business tycoon. And so on and so forth. They'll take, they'll be happy about that. They inherited this from this person uh, and the like. But we know that these individuals that are mentioned, they are nothing compared to the NBA. They are nothing compared to the NBA. So to inherit from the best of mankind, okay, now, nah, this is what really makes you something. This is what really, this is what gives you superiority. That you inherit sin from who? From the best of mankind. And who are those who inherit from the best of mankind? They are the ulama. The Prophet Sallallahu he didn't mention any second type of people that, that inherit from the NBA. Only who? The ulama. So this is an encouragement. It's only the ulama are the inheritors of the prophets. And then the Prophet Sallallahu goes on to explain, and that verily the prophets, they do not leave behind, uh, for lack of a better term, any dollars or cents to be inherited. They don't leave behind any type of dollars or no type of cents to be inherited. Naam. But rather they leave behind as an inheritance, knowledge. And whoever grabs hold to the knowledge, then he would have grabbing hold to a tremendous, to an awesome treasure. To a great treasure and a great portion. Rawahu Ahmed wa Abu Dawood wa Tirmidhi. This is tremendous, Ya'ibad. 
وقال الإمام عثيمين رحمه الله تعالى وهذا الدليل على فضل العلم and this here is is shows the superiority of knowledge وأن العلماء يستغفر لهم أهل السماوات and that verily the ulama the people of the heavens they ask Allah to forgive them والأرض and the people of the earth they ask Allah to forgive them حتى الحيتان في البحر even the fish inside of the sea and even the animals upon the land. And all of the things they ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive the scholar. All of the things ask for Allah Ta'ala to forgive the scholar. And then the Shaykh he says, And don't be amazed by this. And don't be amazed he said, and don't be amazed huh, that these animals, they will ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive the scholar. Don't be amazed at this. Don't be amazed at this. And then Shaykh, he goes on and he reminds us. Because you know, sometimes people hear this huh, because of the, a weak understanding, because of ignorance, weak iman, what have you. And they don't understand. They say, well, how is that? How a cow going to be making istighfar for the, yani, asking Allah Ta'ala to forgive the, the alim? They don't understand. They don't understand. So the Shaykh, he reminds us. Now, he reminds us of this. He says, don't be amazed by this point. He said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala قال, because Allah ta'ala says in the Quran, في القرآن الكريم على لسان موسى عليه الصلاة والسلام ربنا الذي أعطى كل شيء خلقه ثم هدى سرطها and this is verse number 50 where Allah ta'ala he informs us of the statement of Musa where he said, and our Lord is the one who has given everything its creation and he's guided it. He's given everything its creation and he has guided it. So you find that the animals, right? And you find and the insects. This is what the Shaykh is saying. He's saying you find that the animals and the insects they know their Lord, Azza wa Jal. They know their Lord, Azza wa Jal. Naam. The animals and the insects, huh? they know their Lord, Azza wa Jal. Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala, He says, تُسَبِّحُ لَهُ السَّمَاوَاتِ السَّبْعِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَنْ فِيهِنَّ وَإِمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا يُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِهِ وَلَكِنْ لَا وَلَكِنْ لَا تَفْقَحُونَ وَلَكِنْ لَا تَفْقَحُونَ تَسْبِيحَهُمْ And this is Surah Isra, verse 44, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this dalil, this dalil that what? That everything knows Allah ta'ala and they praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala, He says, And the heavens, the seven heavens and the earth and those who are within it, and that verily there is nothing except that it glorifies Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Huh? That they glorify Allah, who? The seven heavens, the earth, and those that are in it, they glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that there is nothing except that it glorifies glorifies the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah ta'ala says in the end of the ayah, But you don't know their tasbih. You don't understand their tasbih. You don't know what their tasbih is. This is tremendous. One of the ulama, when going over this ayah, he brought a very simple example that everybody can understand. 
how somebody could be making or something could be making tasbih, you can be standing right next to it and you don't even know it. He brought an example. He said, for example, here, if there was a person who was English speaking, if he were to be praising Allah in his language, we will have no idea he's praising Allah because we don't understand his language. So there's a person who spoke another language from you. If they were praising Allah in their language in which you don't know, they can be standing right next to you praising Allah and you don't know it. You don't understand. You don't understand what they're saying. Naam. And this is, yeah, this is easy to, for us to understand. So how much more so for the animals and the, uh, and, the, and the insects and so on and so forth? Because we know we don't know that language. We know that we don't know that language. Naam. So they praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything praise Allah ta'ala. But we don't understand. We don't, we don't comprehend huh? how they praise Him. But we know what they praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, in Surah Isra, verse 44. So Shaykh rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, Kulla shay, he said everything, listen, he said everything praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even the pebbles. Even the pebbles. He said, إِنَّ الْحَصَى سُمِعَ تَسْبِيحُهُ بَيْنَ يَدِ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَهُوَ حَصَى He said that, even the stones and the small rocks and the pebbles, even they, even they praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. Even the pebbles praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said just like uh, their, their praising of Allah was heard when they were inside the hands of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Huh? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he has some, he has some hasa, he has some rocks and stones inside of his hand, and you can hear them praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the shaykh, he says, well, who al It is a pebble. And it praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So everything praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we see the superiority of ilm. And the superiority of the carriers of knowledge. Naam. Is that the occupants of the heavens and of the earth. Even to the fish inside of the sea. Even to the ant inside of the mound. Naam. Even the uh, everything aside of the heavens and earth, they ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to what? To forgive. To forgive the scholar. To forgive the scholar. Naam. This is something that is tremendous. This points to the superiority of knowledge. This points to the superiority of knowledge. And there's so many other things, Ya Ibad. There's so many other things which just point us to the superiority of ilm. But inshallah ta'ala, atawaqqaf huna. We will stop here, inshallah ta'ala, and we will pick up in the next class from where we have left off here. But naktafi bihad al-qadr. Wa sallam ala lamina Muhammad wa ala alihi musahbihi ajma'in. Whatever that was said, that was correct, that it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all praise and thanks belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever errors, whatever mistakes that were mentioned, that it is from myself and all the shaitan. May Allah ta'ala forgive me. And may Allah ta'ala curse the shaitan. Hada fa subhanakum muhamdik shadu al-an. Jazakum Allah khayra.